How cute is my mug? How cute is that? Did one of the kids get it for you? Nope. <laughs> Got it for yourself? <laughs> you know, you never have mugs that just like are in, in your house and nobody how they got there. Like I just have like 20 mugs. <laughs> it's definitely an ex-girlfriend's. <laughs> no. No. Maybe. No, maybe it's famous. I don't know. Let's I I always, always have lipstick on because I'll drink from both sides. I always have oh, lipstick on on mine. My sister got me this one uh, for Christmas, so I like That's it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Megan, look at you. Look at Maggie. Unbelievable. <sighs> My dog's mad at me. Faith got groomed today, and I had them shave her. I had the guy shave her, and she's like, she feels naked. She's laying in bed naked right now, and she's just looking at me like, how How is she when she... Um... When she gets groomed, does she chill or does she like freak out? Like I mean, I haven't home? witnessed it because he comes in no. a van and he just takes her in the van. It sounds so rapey. I know. It's like a big white van. And he takes her in there and then like, but when she comes out, she's like happy and she loves him. Like she doesn't want to leave him. Like she's just oh. like, oh. What's yeah. his name? I know this. Tony. Tony in the white van. That's just recipe for weird stuff man <laughs> anyway hi ben happy tuesday happy to well oh, happy it's friday really, it's friday a good friday it's tuesday but it's really friday shabbat shalom yes okay, you should say what it. you say shabbat shalom see look at you being all cultured and stuff i'm so proud of you <laughs> Where are you? I love this. I don't think I've seen this before. Is this your living room? Yeah, it's my house. I've only been there once. Oh, well, I might have changed a little bit, but yeah. mm-hmm. nice. Oh, I like come it. Come by more often. Don't be weird. What? I said come by more often. Don't be weird. Oh yeah, same, same Z's. Um, so yeah, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of questions about business like uh, so many people even trainers that i know are so scared to go out on their own which i get because i was scared too um and start your own business it's really intimidating it's kind of scary like but what i realized when i left equinox is that it was a false sense of security you know and i don't know about you but like i just knew I think deep down always that I wasn't meant to work for other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that like, I'm proud of it, but I, and I was listening to uh, Dax Shepard yesterday and Kelly Osborne was on and she was saying this and I thought, Oh my gosh, so the, I was the same, which is not good. But like, if someone like I could have every intention of doing something like growing up, cleaning my room, like, Oh, my room is a mess. Like I really need to clean it. That's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to clean it. And then my mom would come in and say, you're not leaving until this room is clean. I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm not doing today. I'm not cleaning my room because someone told me to do it. And that's how I was with every, everybody, like all my, my um, like employers. I just knew I didn't want to work for somebody else. I, I didn't want to like make them, you know, successful and then me just like making minimum what you know i always like had a prop 
problem with like following, but it's weird. Cause like with my clients, I don't know, like I look up to a lot of them, they're great in business and I have no problem like working with them and having them, you know, give me advice and tell me what to do. But I don't know. It's just something in me that like, I knew I wanted to work for myself. Like I just, you don't want to be another number. I didn't want to be another number. And, um, with Equinox, I think I, I finally found something close. I felt like in a way I worked for myself, um, because they gave us a lot of freedom. We just had like a couple of meetings a month that we had to attend. Other than that, we kind of like made our own schedule. We did have to like keep up with a certain amount, like a certain amount of sessions a week and a month that they expected from us. But other than that, they kind of like left us alone, but they still took like 60% of my money. And I've never understood how the percentages are so high. I mean, really? Yeah. So they would charge my clients a fortune and then, and then not even give me half of it. Um, And I mean, we had like bonuses and stuff, but like realistically, like we didn't get, you know, hardly any of it. And um, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm only making what I'm making and and as successful as I am in this because of Equinox. Like I didn't think really that it was, it was me. And then, you know, it wasn't until one of my clients kind of brought to my attention, like what he was paying Mm. for his whole family to be there with me every month. And he said, why? And he's very successful. I said, he goes, why are you here? Like, do you know how much I pay them? How much of that do you get? And I'm like, yeah, not even close to that. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I guess I just, like, when I started to think about it, I'm like, yeah, they stopped helping me get clients a long time ago, years ago. This is all me. I get my clients. I show up. I do the work. I get the results. And I thought, wow, I wonder if, I could make it on my own. And it's like kind of got me going. And, and so I slowly started asking all my clients, like, would you go with me if I left? And, and they were like, absolutely. You're the only reason I'm here. And I didn't realize it, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it was the scariest thing I've done. I remember thinking like, I was asking my boss, like, if I made a bad decision, can I come back? And uh, my boss goes, you're not coming back. But yeah, you can, but you're not going to. I know you, you're good. And I actually saw him recently and he was like, I told you, you don't need me. Like you don't need Equinox, like you're good. And I'm like, and it, but it, it was so scary. And so I know why people are scared to do it. But like, I have a lot of, you know, friends and even clients that are like, I, I have this job that is secure, but I'm not happy. And I would love to do this. I would love to open my own business. They have this dream, but they're so scared of leaving that security to do something that's so um, unstable. And so I thought it would be cool to talk about, um, like both of us have our own businesses and like the ups and downs. And for those that want to start their own business or want to go on this new journey of whatever they're wanting to do like maybe we can help in some way give advice to those people um because as scary as it was 
I definitely don't regret it. And especially with the pandemic, all of my friends that worked for Equinox were really screwed. And luckily I had already built that, um, that foundation for myself privately. And I already had clients over FaceTime and Zoom before it was even a thing um, because I had people uh, like I have clients that I train on the East coast. And so it wasn't really that big of a transition. Like for my LA clients, it was on their end, but I'm like, I, tr- I promise you it's like the same thing. And it just kind of was easy to get yeah. that going. And luckily I was able to pretty much keep all my clients through the pandemic. And then, uh, yeah. And so, and I even got like more, you know, more. And so I was very, you know, blessed in that, in that area. But, um, but yeah, so I don't regret it at all. It was the best decision I made, but it was very scary. And I realized later, like, wow, I should have done this a long time ago. And I look at some of my old coworkers and I think you're amazing. Like, why are you giving Equinox all your money? You know, like I see why you do yeah. it in the beginning, be, you know, because you learn a lot there and they teach you a lot. And, and so the education part is great. But once you get all that, I'm like, get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the, that, that's, that's so true. That's so wasn't, it's actually funny to think of you as an employee of Equinox. I can't even really imagine that you are <laughs> so, you know, just knowing a little of your story, you are so on your own. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I definitely butt heads with some of the, uh, some of the managers in my day. And it's not like a disrespectful thing. Like I, I just, <sighs> Yeah, it's just always been hard for me to work for other people and being told what to to do. I like I said, I don't I don't think that that's a good thing. I just like it is what it is, and like, yeah. and when I think about it, I'm like, wow, I literally tell people what to do for a living. Yeah. Like this is what I do. I tell you know, like <laughs> it's just I don't know, just one of those things. But it does come with like, like you know, like you are on your own, so the hustle never stops, and that's oh, yeah. where the passion, I think, has to come in. Because if I wasn't passionate about fitness, this would suck. I oh, work yeah. oh. from five a.m. to I have this little break right now. I go back to work. I'm not done till eight o'clock tonight. I've been up since like four thirty, and this is my life every day. And it doesn't feel like work, so that's why I'm able to do it. And the hustle is always not just like hustling as far as getting up and going to each client, but in like programming for each person individually, like I don't have a cookie cutter program. Everybody has a different program. And so it takes a lot of work and a lot of education and keeping up on my, uh, like on my certifications and everything. I just did that, but it's also like, you can't get comfortable. And I learned this a long time ago is that you cannot get comfortable when things are good because as a trainer, all it takes is losing two big clients in one week. And you're like, how am I going to, how am I going to pay my bills all of a sudden? Like you're like living this like baller life one minute and the next minute you just have like no idea. And so you have to constantly be hustling and putting yourself out there, which can be exhausting, especially if you're not passionate about, what you do. So I feel like as long as you're passionate about it, that's what like keeps me going is that I actually love my job. I love my clients. And I've now come to a place where I only work with people I want to work with. So I look forward to each person, which is, I wasn't always able to do that. I had to just like take who I 
I could, but now I'm in a really good place. Um, so yeah, so that's my experience, like owning the own business. It's like, and then taxes, I have to say, I didn't know the first year I went on my own that I needed to pay quarterly. And so I waited until yeah, the end of the year. And my account was like, I had a new accountant that year and he's like, wait, you don't, um, you didn't pay quarterly. And I'm like, what? And he's like, <laughs> oh, we have a problem. Okay. Like, and it was, I mean, when he told me how much I owed, I about like, cause I had, I wasn't used to making that much. I wasn't used to paying my own taxes, like Equinox, like, you know, obviously like I was an employee. So my whole life I've always worked for someone and it's always been taken out. And so this was, I, no one taught me. I didn't know the first year was like such a learning curve. And I about had a heart attack when I found out how much I, I owed. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so it's taken a lot. Like now I know guys pay quarterly. <laughs> like, you're you're going to be so happy you did. And so there's a lot, but, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I, I love working for myself. So anyway, I've rambled on enough. I want to hear about you. Like, when did you, cause I know like we talked, we've had you on before and you've talked about like how you got into everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like not working for somebody else and just opening up your own company and doing videography and like you've done photography and everything, how did you decide to do that? And what steps did you take? Yeah, I didn't really um, have a choice. So I used to live with a good friend of mine in Brentwood and I had a job at the time at a TV network. Um, and Actually, I was working at a clothing line doing customer service at the time. Just minimum wage, regular job. And on my lunch break, I would work on my own stuff. I'd like work on editing and whatever, just trying to get better, like just trying to like find cool videos and re-edit them and post them and get views. And uh, I actually got fired because I got caught doing it. And apparently you're not allowed to be on the premises doing other company work, even if you're in your lunch break. And they caught me on my camera, on the camera, three different times doing it and they called me in and fired me on the spot and that was it and then I went to another company and it was a TV network I worked at and um, they're kind of known for just refreshing their 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 payroll or like their their uh, their teams so they fired me as well laid me off I should call it but that was the last straw for me I, I couldn't stand knowing that someone else had control over like my destiny, my money, my income, my hours, my, like, I just couldn't stand that. And my dad was always an inspiration because he started his own company, uh, came here from Israel, didn't speak the language and started a company for himself and provided for his family and doesn't take orders from anyone but himself. And that was always inspirational to me. So I did it because I literally just didn't have a choice, but also, I refuse to go to that place ever again, let someone else control or dictate how I'm going to operate my life. So I lived with a buddy of mine and I got, I was lucky, you know, it really is all who you know, right? So I got lucky. My buddy was, uh, his parents owned the condo where we stayed. I paid them rent. I was paying rent 15, 20, 25 days late because I just didn't have the money to pay it. I wasn't buying food. I would to eat. So he has this beautiful Jewish Persian family and they make like incredibly huge meals that can feed 20 armies. And it's like seven of them. So the, all the kids go home with meals for the week. So when he would leave for the day, 
I would go in, I would sneak bites out of his food. And then I would like shake it up so he couldn't tell that I took a bite out of it. But that was how I got through like eating meals. Like those little things that just like, whatever it takes is the point of what I'm getting at, whatever it takes. And that's always been the way I've been. I mean, it, you know, you're, you're going to find a way, you're pushed up against the wall, you'll find a way or you won't. And then you learn that's just not for you. You can't, that's not who you are. I have friends that have structured jobs and they love it. It's just how they are. They need the structure. They need the manager to tell them what to do, what not to do, when to do it, when to get it done by. I respect that. It's just, I can't do that. And so I'm grateful because I learned that I learned what I'm made of. And that's what people are scared of. I think is being put in the fire and burning okay. and not knowing how to jump out or run across, you know, when people run across the fire and they see how much they can take of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a metaphor for it. I mean, it's how much, how long you want to stand in the fire to see what you're worth. And that's what it comes down to. So that was what kind of started it. And for me, I've always just kind of like, instead of saying what I want, I would just kind of like do it. So I used mm-hmm. to, when I first started shooting, I would shoot family events and I would shoot corporate gigs, like people that referred me to these little gigs. And at the end, I would have secretly shot video and photo without telling them. I was hired for photography, but I would shoot the photos. And when I was done, I would edit a video of their event, deliver the photos, and then give them a video at the end and say, hey, guys, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure working with you. If you know someone needs video, please refer me. Here's a video I made of your event. And they would freak out because they didn't know I was going to do that. I put in the hustle. And I did that two or three times. And that birthed my video career like right away. But within, within a month, I had a video career. Because I put in the work. I just knew what I wanted to do. So I just did it. I didn't ask for favors. I just did it. So that's kind of a little bit of how it, I know we talked about it before, but that's kind of how it started. Um, as far as like the hustle like you were talking about, yeah, the pandemic really kind of um, was a shocker for everyone. But like I had these huge events out of the country planned. I had major shoots going on out of the country, in the country, all over the place. All of them shut down. Everyone's calling me. Hey, man, we're shutting down the marketing budget for the year. We're going to close down. We'll let you know when we're back up. We'll give you a call in a few months. Cool. Thanks for calling. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Like, and I was sitting here on the couch. My roommate's with, same with her boyfriend. So I was here by myself for like a month straight. And I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, what? What the hell just happened here? Like, I just lost all my business, everything. And I have no idea where the next piece of money is going to come from or anything. So I sat on it and I kind of just like simmered it for a little bit for a couple of days. And then I, um, I had a good cup of coffee one morning. I got a little, little inspired. So I called my client. I said, Hey, why don't you just send me some product? Send me some product. Send me some stuff that you were going to have shot. I'll shoot it for you. I won't charge you for it. If you like it, let's do a, let's do some more shoots and keep it going. I had this creative way of working within. Um, I saw this guy on YouTube that like took a black room with just a camera and a light. And he did, it was all motion-based, like really cool movements and like throwing the bottle across and like spinning the glass and tossing garments and uh, uh, garnishments in the air and all this stuff. And I, I thought that was so cool. So I was like, I'm going to try it and see if they like it. We did it. And it's now been a year since we've been working with them. And it's yeah. kind of approved over and over and over again for more product, more boxes, more jobs. And that hustle is what it's all about. I mean, that's what it all is. You know, Jason and I, Jason, my business partner, uh, production partner, and um, I'm always trying to find a way to work with new clients. So we just, there's a company called Fresh Clean Tees. They're all over Instagram, but the guys, it's like spanks for guys, but t-shirts. It like hugs your body, the whole thing. So I reached out to them and said, hey, I just bought a couple of your shirts. 
why don't you guys send me some shirts and I'll shoot them with some of my buddies. And if you like it, let's do some, some work together. And they said, okay, great. They sent me a box. We shot it. They loved it. We have a phone call on Friday to do a whole campaign for them. So like, those are the things I say this because like, if this is the, the, the route you want to take and you want to work for yourself and you want to create your own income and you want to be responsible for your own schedule and the whole thing, there's a whole nother side of things that come with that. There's a whole nother, you're responsible for every single thing you do or don't do. Uh And people have to realize that because I think people think it's a lot more like, Oh, you're so lucky. You control your own schedule. You're so lucky. This like, I hear that all the time. And I'm like, you have no idea though, because no, I mean, I, I do, but I don't like if I needed to take time off. Sure. I could tell my clients, but I'm not getting paid, you know? So that's not that easy to do. And I have to, I'm, I have to cater and you have to cater to our clients, like to their schedules. I go to West Hollywood from Santa Monica, sometimes three times a day, morning, afternoon, and night, because I have clients there and they're all on different schedules. And everyone goes, why can't you just go there and train them back to back? That's not how it works. Like, Uh like I've got like business people and then I've got people that like to work in the morning and work out in the afternoon. I have kids that don't get done with school until after 3 p.m. So it's like you have to, there's so much that goes into, to it and you can't be late. You have to like, you know, like be respectable like you have to show up you have to follow through and and I don't know if people realize um like you you have to do so it's you it's like you're you're your business and I don't know about I mean it sounds like for you like it's like me everything is pretty much word of mouth and referral like I know that you've worked for companies and then they refer you to somebody else so you have to be on a hundred percent. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or not, where I guess like the, I don't know, positive, it's not really positive, but like uh, if you work for somebody else and you have a bad day, then you're just having a bad day. You don't really think about, you know, being your best self all the time. But when you work for yourself, you have to be on a hundred percent. All the time, all the time. And you know what's the worst part is even when you don't want to be on, you have to not only be on, but you have to under promise and over deliver every time. Like everything has to be not only your best, but beyond your best, because yeah. that's all that gets to the referrals. It's that stuff, yeah. you know? Yep. And I always have that metaphor, like not metaphor, but like, you know, that saying, like, if you have a job you hate, like you are whatever, you want to be an actor or you want to be a this and you're a barista instead of you're a waiter, or whatever the thing might be that you're doing in lieu of what you want to be doing, because you have to make bills, whatever that thing is. Why not always do your best? You never know who's watching. You know, I mean, I have friends that were waiters and they would be like just charismatic, having the worst day. They got a parking ticket. They got evicted, whatever the thing is. And they still showed up for work. They still showed up and brought the drinks to the table with a positive vibe. They brought the bread. They brought the whole, they brought the meals. They were happy. They were joyous. They were gracious. And people got jobs off of that, like in corporate mm-hmm. companies. Like, don't be my assistant. You want to be my executive assistant? And mm-hmm. you eat five times a year. Like, it's like, you just don't know who's watching you. You mm-hmm. always got to keep a face on. And that, I believe, in some respects, being a waiter is very much like working for yourself in the way you handle that job and handle yourself. Because it's all on you. Right. You make that commission, make that tip, or you don't. And that, that falls true. on you. That's true. I mean, then even like, um, 
you know, when I worked at, I was a front end manager at Target when I was in my oh, yeah. early twenties and there was a regular that would come in and he was a, a chiropractor and he knew like I was the, the front end manager. Um, and he, he just knew like he liked, he liked me. He liked my vibe. He liked that. I always had a smile on my face and would never let anyone wait in line. I would call for backup. Like I didn't want, you know, that's just like how I ran the front and he saw the hustle in that and he offered me a job. So I said, by target. And I went to him and I, he taught me so much about that's how I really got into fitness there. That's when I hired my first trainer was a patient there. And I was interested in learning about fitness and health for the first time in my life. And, um, and it, that came from, even though I, I really didn't like Target, I didn't like yeah. working there. I still, uh, you know, my dad always told me, like, I don't care if you're making minimum wage or if you're making $100 an hour. I don't care if you're working, you know, at McDonald's, not there's anything wrong with that, or you're in a corporate job. Like, you, if you sign on to do something, you mm -hmm. do your best. And I've always kind of kept that, you know, that mindset. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like that, that gets you far. People notice that and you never know, like you said, who's watching or where that could lead you. Um, another piece of advice that I got was like, if you, whatever you want to do, like, as long as you're passionate about it, um, and you, it's your, like, it, and you, it, you, it's something that, you know, then you're going to be fine. Like you just have to like really ch not try to like do what everyone else is doing or something because it's like popular in the moment or whatever, like do what you're passionate about, do what you know, do what you love and, and it'll pay off. I think. Yeah. I heard, um, there, there's this guy that makes these, uh, makes these songs based on like what certain people in media say, who like take their entire speech and put it, like make it into a song, not sing it. He'll just like take their actual voice as one with Joe Rogan. And one of the main lines he says, it's so simple, but it's just true. Like through discipline, I get things done. Not because I want to, because I have, like it's, it is, we, I think we, you and I are more disciplined than we think we are, you know, really. And that's, that's, that's what it comes down to how, and also what future regrets are you willing to have? You know, mm -hmm. like you've got to stay disciplined. Otherwise you will, if you're responsible for your own income, you'll see the effects Well, then you'll see it. You mm -hmm. have to stay on top of your shit. And it's kind of just that simple. I mean, it's not like some crazy recipe or magical thing you have to do to work for yourself. It's just a matter of keep your, keep your head on straight, be positive and not only be positive, but realize that no one, if, no one's going to uh, catch you. Mm -hmm. No one's going to catch you. Only you. So you have to love yourself it's a little bit. Very, it's, it's very true. Yeah. And it can be scary at times, like especially during the pandemic, there were a couple of times where I got those calls of, well, you know, like I got laid off or, you know, work is slow. Production has stopped. You know, I have a lot of clients in, in the entertainment industry and they're like, so I got to cut back for a little bit. And those calls are like, when you get a couple in a week, you're like, oh, no, like, yeah. what am I going to do? Like, it just trickles down, you know, and then you start thinking like, but, you know, sometimes I will say that that. I mean, look, we, with this podcast, with the clothing line, there are things that during those times, 
it really does make you hustle and it makes you think outside the box. Like you were saying with everyone canceling on you and then you deciding to just do it at home, you know, it's like, it does get the wheel spinning and you have to be creative because there is no one that's going to catch you. And so then something amazing can come out of hard times. So you can't be like too mad about it. And that's how I've tried to keep my mindset during this whole thing. I lost one of my biggest clients that I've had for nine years. And I, that has always been like a security blanket for me because they've been such a big, big client of mine for so long. And no matter what happens in my mind, I'm like, well, I still have this client. So I'll be fine. But again, like, I don't know, like, first of all, like false sense of security, I guess, like, I, I, but when I lost them, at first, I kind of panicked. And then I thought, no, you know what, I'm not going to panic. Because every time something like this happens, and I think, oh, no, something amazing comes out of it. And sure enough, the next day, out of like the whole pandemic, not getting like any real calls for new clients Mm -hmm. within a week, I got 11 calls, 11 for either old clients to want to come back or new clients or, you know, and it just all, it all works out. It's like, you know, and then you have, you, you have to think outside the box. And I started offering a meal prep for people or shop for people. So they didn't have to go be tempted by like, you know, bad foods in the grocery store. Like I, I started like thinking outside the box a little bit and it just all, you know, works out, but you do have to, you have to hustle quite a bit. Yeah. Mama, look at you. In the well, flesh. Yeah, no. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. Look at yeah, you. No. You know, when you're, you too. Look, put your head over to the side a little bit and I go up. You look Mickey Mouse ears up there with the rocks behind you. I can't, oh. that. I can't not see that now. Look at you. I miss Disneyland so much. You went or, not that long ago, though. Well, went to downtown Disney, but I mean. Oh, you didn't go to the actual park? Well, it's been closed. We're in a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard. No way. We are. So we are. We are. We are, Ben. They're, I think they are open now or they're opening up. So we need to go. I'm honestly kind of down. Can we bring Kay? Maybe I can pass her as like a, I don't know. Are emotional support dogs allowed yeah, in Disneyland? Yeah, 100%. What if, we got a, what if we got a guide? A guide is very expensive. And, and what if the guide was like our way? Like, I'm like, look, this is an emotional support dog. I paid for a guide. Like, maybe we can, then. Leave, we can leave her at home too and then just not pay that money and just go. <laughs> But she's just so cute. She's can tired. I, can I see she got, she's asleep on my bed. She like had it rough today. And by rough, I mean, she got groomed and she was devastated because she feels bare. Devastated. She was devastated. <laughs> I, I had him um, just shave her because she was, you know, it's getting hot out and yeah. she's getting all this stuff stuck to her all the time. And I felt like I was constantly pulling stuff off of her and, and, you know, because she likes to play with dogs in the neighborhood. She's got friends. She's very social, this mm-hmm. dog. Very social. And she, like, plays rough. And then she comes in and she's just covered in crap. And, 
And so, yeah, I don't shame. And she just looks at me like, how dare you? She's like naked and afraid. Oh. So she's passed out right now on my bed. Yeah. yeah. You got to see her. Yeah. Well, this was lovely, Ben. I, I don't know. Do you have any advice for anyone that... Oh, so I did say that I was going to talk about this because um, I do get like specifically fitness because I'm a, obviously I'm a trainer. So pe- a lot of people like want to become, you know, personal trainers and they want to leave their secure jobs and and all of that to do this. And so w- my advice would be until you're educated, like it is good to work for a gym, especially Equinox that will, I don't want to, you know, like put them down. They're a great gym. Obviously I still am a member and to work there when you're brand new at training, it's great because they put you through so much education that they pay for. And so, um, yeah, great. But once you learn everything that, you know, that you can from them and, or whatever gym you're at, uh, and you, it's great to like learn from other trainers as well that have been in this longer than you. Once you get a clientele and you become a little more, you know, known in your area, then I think as soon as you have that opportunity where you feel secure enough to where, you know, that you can like pay your bills because you Mm -hmm. have to be smart about it. I say like, get out as soon as possible and just start building your business. So definitely be smart about it. But, um, you know, that's, it's such a great, I think, move to be able to, to be on your own and to just know that like you're hustling for yourself and not having to like give a percentage to a gym um, because you're, you know, you're doing all the work. So mm-hmm. you should get the whole, you know, the benefits of it. I agree. I think there's some advice there, even within your realm. Um, but in general, I think, like if you're thinking about doing it and you haven't done it yet and you still have some time before you want to quit and move on, there are so many outlets to learn and get better and like hone the skill set and sharpen it. And, you know, always be like the one thing I would say comes with working for yourself. And I, I'm sure it's with you too. Like you, you have to be ready when something comes your way to pivot and readjust and then keep going forward. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're on the freeway and traffic starts and you see you can get off an off ramp and go and go around it and get to the, that's the same thing things are always going to come up things will always go your way you might lose a client you might lose this the ability to know that that is not the end that's a lesson that's a pivot to go to the next thing and the next mm-hmm. thing could be way better than where you were whatever right but that, you always have to be willing to pivot and um and readjust and that's that's the that's the whole thing I think is preparing yourself mentally for what's going to come. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it shows you what you work. What I was getting at is like through Skillshare, through masterclass, through YouTube, through all these different avenues to be able to learn and, and hone the skill set. Always, even if nothing has happened, that's forced me to pivot, always pivot, always mm-hmm. look up creative ways to make your job more appealing, even cooler, mm-hmm. make yourself mm-hmm. invaluable. You know, those right. are the things I think are really really important right Jason and totally. I are always watching YouTube like it'll be two in the morning he'll send me a YouTube video about like a new camera coming out and all the stuff it can do that the ones that we have and everyone we know have can't do like we're already prepping ourselves for the next stage next chapter so we don't ever get run over mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and as as you as the years go on all these creative 
independent industries of fitness and filmmaking and whatever it is being whatever it might be there's technology gets better and better and younger people come out more and more and they want to take your lunch that's what mark cuban always says you got to run your business like oh someone's always behind you ready to eat your lunch and it's just well, it's so it. true there's kind of so it. much especially in la i mean well but everywhere i mean there's so much for both of our careers like there's so much competition it's insane yeah. and so you have to figure out like what what separates you from everybody else what's your strong suit like i don't like to compare myself to other trainers because and it, which is easy to do i mean like i have a lot of friends that are very successful at training um but I could never be them. I could never like the best advice I've gotten is like, stay in your lane, which I don't think applies to everything. It's good sometimes to like go out of your lane, but when it comes to what, you know, like, I don't like to try to copy other people's style. I have a style of training that I like that works for me, that works for my clients. When I see other people do other things, I'm like, that's cool. I don't feel comfortable doing that. It's just not my, my thing, but I do know like my, my strong suits, what I have to offer. And I love to educate myself, not only on, on the body and like fitness and, and what science is always changing. So all that, but also I read a lot of books on um, like mindfulness and I've been doing therapy for years and now I just switch over to a holistic um, or like a, a hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm always looking up like healthy recipes and and learning about nutrition. I see a holistic doctor, and okay. so I like to apply kind of everything. And so my clients feel like they can ask me for advice and talk to me about life issues. I kind of feel like a therapist sometimes, um, sure which I, I love and I get really personal and close to my clients. And, and then obviously like with their physical goals, um, you know, and then with nutrition, I feel like I have a lot to offer in all of those areas where I have looked at other trainers in the past that I've worked with and I see the relationship they have with their clients and all they have to offer is just the workout. And they don't get close to them. They don't know about their life. They don't ask. They don't, their clients don't tell them anything. And and I've also seen their business not do well. Mm-hmm. And I think with especially personal training, like it's, it's personal and you really have to, to, you know, offer a lot more than just training. And Always. so that's another piece of advice that I would give people that want to be trainers is, um, you do have to be vulnerable and you have to be okay with people being vulnerable to you. I've had so many clients tell me before they told anyone else that they're pregnant or that they are having an affair and they break down or like, you know, whatever it is. Like I've had so many things happen where I almost like feel honored that they feel comfortable enough to come to me about it and ask me for advice and, um, And I think that's part of why I've had clients for, you know, eight years, nine years, like, because we've become like family. And so uh, I know that like with a lot of your clients you've worked with for a long time, you're reliable, you're fun to work with. You're not, you know, like a flake, like a lot of people are in LA and that matters. Like word goes around, like, don't work with this person. They're a flake. They're always late. They always have a bad attitude. 
and that obviously like it ruins it can ruin your career but yeah. you're a joy to work with benjamin stop it momo <laughs> so. for those that don't know her, her niece calls her aunt momo that so now i can't not call her momo <laughs> like forever that's her name that's just that's it yeah i i love that little girl so much i can't wait to see what mason calls me he's only two months old mm. oh that yeah little, that little chunky monkey he's two months old and he weighs 15 pounds he is a chunky monkey i'm like are you a linebacker i got him a little rattle that's a weight a dumbbell and he loves it he loves it. He's like already into lifting. You know, I'm starting him young. You are. But I have big hopes for him that he's going to be a professional athlete. I think that's really? why he's, yeah. Give him that, uh, what's that, that <laughs> chunky mama soup from the market? It was like this, that horrible can of like just meat and potatoes. Yeah. He'll get real big. Give him all that. He is going to be a meat and potatoes boy. Uh, uh, but I, I, I try to call myself Aunt Morgan around him because I just want to see what he calls me. Because I always said, you know, Aunt Morgan around Gracie, and she just ended up calling me Momo. And so I'm just interested to see if he calls me the same thing or something different. Momo's fitting for you. It's suiting. Uh, you know, welcome it. So cute. Yeah. She's already, like, got a crush on a boy at school. She's in preschool no. and... She's like trying to impress him. I guess this kid likes cowboy boots. So she's, she needs to wear cowboy boots every day because he likes cowboy oh. boots. And of course, I guess she kissed him the other day. And my sister was like, Oh, cause like when my sister kisses her goodbye, she like just kisses her. And, mm -hmm. and so I think she thinks that like, when you love somebody, you kiss them goodbye. And so she, my sister showed up to pick her up and I was like, all right, we got to go. And she goes like, kisses them like, okay, bye. And oh. my sister's like, no, 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 we don't do that to people that aren't family. And she's like, oh, oh, oh okay. Like, <laughs> she's really, like all right, let's go. She's going to be a real pain in all your asses. Oh, yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, this was great then. I hope we helped some people that, yeah. thinking about going out on their own i think it's great i mean like you said if you're cool with being structured i think there's definitely a need for that obviously and if you could do that great some of us though just are a pain and don't like to be told think, what to do i agree i think one last thing i'd say is even if you are right now working for somebody and you do want to do your own whatever it is or you're trying to be on your own you're already doing it i would say that around yourself, around your clients, around your work, around how you participate in your everyday life, just be really conscious of what you're doing and how you're speaking to people because you might have a nine to five and you can kind of say what you want and you have job security and you're cool, but you need to be aware that people are watching you from every angle all the time mm -hmm. and it's always a first impression all the time. Yep. that matters that's your paycheck that's your that's mm -hmm. your that's your your life that's your uh your groceries that's your rent that's your mental peace that's all of it so just be yeah. really conscious even if you're working for somebody be conscious of how you're talking to people and be conscious of yourself too like what feels right does it feel right what you're doing do you want to be there do you not want to be? just be get in touch and be conscious mm -hmm. with yourself around all of it and definitely you know just be very mindful it's very true mindful. it's so true I had one bad day at Equinox, I remember, and I lost it on a client. And it was in like the beginning. 
towards the beginning of my, my career. Mm-hmm. And that one bad day, um, I look back and like cringe at it. Like it, like I had a right to lose it on this client and my boss, even that's why I wasn't fired because this was like a pretty, he was an asshole. Um, but because it was a scene at Equinox, um, I'm, there are people that were like, honestly scared of me, like, like scared of me, didn't want to work, didn't want to work with me. Um, because they thought I had, you know, like an anger problem or something. Like it, (laughs) it was like, like Parker, you know, Parker, he, his mom was like, you're going to work with my trainer. And he's like, no, because he saw the fight and he was like, no, I don't, I'm scared of her. I'm scared of her. And he's still working with him nine years later. (laughs) But like that day, like, I just didn't even realize like people are, are watching. I was just so focused on this client yeah. being a jerk and I'm like lost it on him. And, um, yeah. anyway, point is you always have to be on, you always have you to do. like present yourself. And you can't forget present the, yourself. Well, Oh yeah. And you can't forget the, unfortunately the customer's always right. Like yeah. that's, it's not, it sounds really corny and vague, but like you, <laughs> even when they're wrong, you have to let them, figure it out or creatively spoon feed the information. You can't come at people. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. No, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that can be difficult. Um, I have a client who, um, you know, is in the industry and is used to being told yes. And they're right all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating because um, they will come to me one day and say, you know, I really just, I want to focus on full body every time, every session. I want to focus on full body. So I don't want to do these splits anymore. I don't want to do. Okay. So we do that. And I want to be pushed. I want to lift heavier. Okay. And then the next week I come and they go, you know, I really need to focus more on legs because I feel like my quads, I'm losing muscle. Can we just focus on that? Okay. Um, and then like, I'll go to hand them a heavy weight and they go, I'm, I'm getting older. I can't be lifting like this all the time. Like I need to like, I, and I haven't had much sleep. Like I need to lift a lot, lot, like take it easy on me. Okay. And every week is different. And, and I had to really sit them down one day and go, I just, I'm a little confused. I have to be honest. I never said they were wrong and I never lost it. I just said, first you said this. So we did that. And then the next week, and I started keeping track like of days that we would change the program and say, and now on, and then the third, you said this, but then the eighth, you said this. And now I need to, I need to figure out like, you know, and then they realized how kind of crazy they were being and go, Oh yeah. Oh wow. I'm sorry. I really like, and, but, but it was really hard and frustrating not to go, okay, what do you want from me? Okay. Cause like, <laughs> like you, you can't that's do the, that. Yeah. That, you got to catch yourself. That's the thing. I, I had those clients all the time and it's, and it's not their fault. It's not their job to know this stuff, but like, you know, they'll want something done. And I, I already know it's not going to work. Like I already know it's not going to work. Technically I know it's not going to work. I've done it a hundred times. It's not literally cannot work. Not that I don't want to, it's just not going to work. And you have to have that moment where it's like, you'd be like, no, sorry, not going to work and just be not open to stuff from their perspective. 
or do you just go like, well, this is what might happen. We can try it though. I'm happy to see what goes, yeah. and give it a shot and see. Like I have to go about it that way because then they know I'm open to trying stuff. I already know it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I have to let them, I had to lead them to the path and let, you know, lead them to the water kind of thing. So they see it. Exactly. Otherwise you just become, turn into it. You're become a dick. I'm not going to be that yeah. person. It's not, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. that, but like, yeah, those are the things like you really can't. Yeah. It's, it's funny, but anyway, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Well, I love this, Ben. I think this was a great idea and I hope that we help people. You know, we've done this like four times now. It's great. I know we're trying to get off, but then we like think of other things, but there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on to your own there's a lot. business and, um, well, if you guys have any, Houston. well, yeah, Volume definitely. Volume. If you guys have any questions, you know, you could always DM us. Yes. I am at Morgan M Mitchell. Where are you Ben? I'm at Ben Shawnee creative. Oh yeah. Creative. Cause you're so creative. So creative Morgan. It's exhausting. I don't know how you do it. are you making pancakes and tacos? What's up with that? You're you know, I just made pancakes this Sunday. I made pancakes this Sunday. Uh, I haven't actually made my tacos in a long time. I think I'm just waiting for you. Let's go. I'm going to go this. I'm going to go eat deep this time. Okay. <laughs> this week for sure. This weekend or something. Sounds good. All right. Well, take care and uh, I'll see you soon. Oh my god, I wasn't recording. Yes, you were. Yeah, I was. <laughs> why am I just why am I like this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Okay, bye. bye.